This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Hello, hello. I usually say, oh, happy day. And I usually say that um, this is the day that the Lord has made and that I will rejoice in it. And um, today I actually cannot say, oh, happy day. I can say that I will still rejoice in the Lord, for this is a day that he has made. But uh, today my energy is, um, what shall I say? It's My energy is not gone, but my uh, heart is heavy. My heart is heavy today. Um, I'm going to open up tonight with a, a scripture that I believe describes uh, where I'm at. And also, I believe, <laughs> excuse me, it addresses what's going on in our nation right now. And that is Jeremiah 9 and 1. And Jeremiah was known as a a weeping prophet because he carried the burdens and the heart for Israel. And those burdens and that anguish brought him to tears. And he suffered and was persecuted and was just, uh, his life was turned upside down in an effort to get the king of Israel to repent and to turn back to God and to ward off the destruction that was coming their way, and what has been uh, stopped would have been discontinued had the king listened to the word of God, had the king listened to the prophet. The prophet told him, you have erected idols, you have led the people into sin, you have caused them to worship false gods, you have gone after the same things and the same desires as the heathen and as the pagans, 
and as those that do not believe in and acknowledge God. And the king was fearful, and the king was insecure, and he had false prophets that came against what Jeremiah was saying, that said, oh no, we do not have to fear, and we do not have to change, and we do not have to bow, and God is with us anyhow. So Jeremiah, for these reasons, was known as the weeping prophet, and he said in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 1, Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain, of the daughter of my people. For years, Jeremiah warned of the upcoming destruction. And his warnings went on deaf ears, mostly deaf ears, to the leaders, not just the king, but to the advisors, the leaders, he even had a confrontation with the false prophet, where the false prophet came in right after he gave the words that the Lord had given him to the panel, if you will, to the committee, if you will. And the false prophet came after him and broke the yoke off of his neck that he was using to demonstrate what is going to happen to Israel if we don't repent. We are going to go into bondage. We are going to go into captivity. The Lord says we are going to go into captivity, but he will spare our lives. That we will be slaves, but he will spare our lives. And this is our punishment that is due us because of our sin and our rebellion. But the false prophet came right in after Jeremiah and literally physically broke the yoke off of his neck and yelled and hollered the opposite of what Jeremiah said. And Jeremiah told him, because you have done this thing, your own life will cease. Your own life has been cut short and you will die. And I forget the time frame that he gave him, but he gave him a time frame. And according to the word of the Lord, that false prophet died because he opposed the word of the Lord. Well, people, this is where we are tonight. This, I believe is where we are tonight as a nation, as a nation, as a country that was founded on biblical principles, that was founded in an effort to pursue religious freedoms and religious liberties, not even to advance 
idol worship, but so that the people, for the most part, could pursue God, so that they could serve God, so that they could get out from under the tyranny of the um, of their of their government over in in England, and so that they could serve God without the corruption that was in the Catholic Church, without all of the vices and um, sedition and heresy that had entered the church, so that they could serve God freely, integrally. America was granted that same mission, that our our mission and our birthing was to push back idolatry, to push back false worship, to push back the evil that was even going on in these lands, in the lands in the land that is now associated with America and the United States, to even push back that false God worship so that the one true God could establish a people and a nation that would reflect him. And over the years, look where we have gone. Look, people, look, not with your eyes, but with your hearts and in your spirits. Look at where we have gone. In terms of fulfilling, yes, there are literally thousands of churches in the United States, but the churches are divided. There is denomination after denomination after denomination. There is heresy after heresy after heresy. There is false doctrine, false teaching. There is idolatry even in the church, much less in the world. In our government, the corruption has been almost um, unchecked. We have embraced sin on every level. We have shaken our fist in God's face. We have said as a nation, we will not honor life. We will not honor marriage. We will not honor each other and love our neighbors as ourselves. We will covet anything that our eyes and our flesh desires. We will do as we will. We will embrace sexual immorality on all fronts, fornication, adultery, lesbianism, homosexuality, um, bestiality, transgenderism. We can just keep, I could keep naming it. This is where we are. 
I couldn't sleep last night. Again, my spirit was troubled. I was alert, and I was seeking the Lord. I was in prayer. I was researching, and I have to pick this up after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. We are home based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, Amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Oh, that my head were waters. And that my eyes are a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain daughter of my people. My heart weeps today. I am, I am heavy of heart, although I have hope and although I trust in the Lord personally, although I could still rejoice and I could still sing songs of Zion for myself, but my weeping is for 
the slain daughter of my people. My weeping tonight is for the devastation and the unrest that I see that is trying to take over the land. And I weep because it was all avoidable. It was avoidable. I weep because we are living in perilous times. And people had the option, they had the option to heed the warnings that have been coming down the pike before the events that have just unfolded in the last few months, before the impeachment hearings, before the Kavanaugh hearings, before Ahmad Arbery was killed, before COVID-19 hit the United States, before Obamagate became an issue, before the riots and the burning of businesses and the looting and the murder and the mayhem and the chaos that we are seeing. Others warned, others warned, I'm specifically thinking of sometime around 2011 or somewhere in that range, I remember watching other prophetic people on programs and warning that if we did not pray as a nation, if we did not repent and fall on our knees and change our hearts, even the church, the churches, this, this is first to the people of God. If we did not repent and put God first and be who we truly are called to be, you know, lay aside our programs, um, be infused with and led by the Holy Spirit, restore the standard of holiness and righteousness to the church. And if we did not pray that civil war would come to our soil again, that the nation would be divided down the middle. They were they were saying God showed them dreams of earthquakes that separated the nation down the center, that martial law would be put into effect. Back all the way back, and I'm not even talking about the other opportunities that we've had as a nation post 9-11, post-Hurricane Katrina, post-Snowmageddon, post, uh, there's just, I can't even think of all the things that have, 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 could, could have and should have gotten our attention as a nation. I'm not talking about individual pockets of people, I'm talking about as a nation. And then people began to pray. People began to cry out. People began to 
beg God for mercy and for grace when they saw what the previous administration brought to the table and how the previous administration sanctioned and ushered in another level of immorality just defied God, lit up the White House in rainbow colors, mocked God, took the rainbow that God gave mankind to say that he would never destroy the earth again by flood because of the very sin of homosexuality and bestiality and because of perversion and because of sin, murder, uh, you name it, the very sin that caused him to send the flood, he repented and said, I'll never, I'll never flood the earth again. I won't destroy it by water anymore. So this is my covenant. This is my covenant to you. And, and when you see that, know that I remember and you remember this covenant, but took the very covenant and used it to mock God. And then the perverse ones, those that are opposed to the things of God, those that choose to burn in their lust for one another and defy God, took that symbol and made it their symbol. That's not the height of mockery and blasphemy. What is? Uh, their lifestyle, of course. The lifestyle, of course. But I'm not going to pick on that alone. What I'm saying is the warnings came. The warnings came, and specific warnings began to come of civil war, martial law, um, division. We preached on this program. We've been on this program for the past 11 years, ourselves alone. So even if I took away what others were saying and just addressed what we've been saying. We have preached and we have taught and, and we have stretched out our hands and our resources in the name of the Lord. We have spoken against racism as a sin. We have spoken against abortion as murder, the dangers of fanning the flames of sexual immorality. We exhorted people to be healed of their own traumas, their own personal traumas, because even as believers, if you are still full of pain and wounds and bitterness, then Satan can use those very wounds against you to, to cause you to act or react or go astray because of your own emotions. Immediately after the impeachment hearings failed to produce the results that were desired, I was praying and thanking God for grace. Because believe it or not, God appointed, he's the one who appoints 
government. God is the one who appoints government. God is the one who allows nations to rise and to fall. And I was thanking God that the impeachment efforts did not succeed because Regardless of my personal feelings, initially, I began to see that our current president did make efforts to combat abortion. He did say that this nation would respect life at conception. He did begin to say things like religious liberties and religious freedoms are what this nation was founded on, and they need to be protected. He did say that the Bibles need to be returned to the schools. He did hear the cries of the quote-unquote evangelical community. And he began to act on those things and many other things. So I was thanking God that he allowed us some grace because what his opponents have been opposing has been to continue the rebellion, the outright full force rebellion against God. I mean, an example, during the pandemic even, during the planned during the satanic attack that was leveled at this nation. Governors in New York kicked out, opposed the help of a Christian organization just because they were a Christian organization, just because they had a they had a moral stand and because they professed God and stood on the righteous standards of God for their volunteers. And they went into New York to help with the sick and the hurting and the destitute. And they were used and harassed and then eventually kicked out. This is an example of what I'm talking about. And this is what many in our nation did when God said, I'm going to put someone in place that will go against the status quo, that will try to steer this nation back onto course. Never said he was a righteous man, never said he was without sin, never said he didn't have issues of his own, but he was willing to stand up for the principles that this nation was founded on. And his opponents vehemently rejected him more after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. <laughs> a black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, 
a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from AuthorHouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> Thank God I am free. I Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. my head were waters, and that my eyes are a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain daughters of my people. This could have been avoided, people. This all could have been avoided. As I was saying before the break, I was thanking God for the grace. I was thanking God for his intervention. And I was saying how our president's opponents vehemently opposed everything that he was trying to do. And not only his opponents, but many in society. The nation was split, literally split almost like right down the middle. I mean, teeter-tottering on 50-50, split down the middle, continuing to shake their fist and rage and say, we don't want regulation. We don't want to lose our power. We don't want you to tell us that homosexuality is wrong. That is hate speech. We don't want you to tell us that Bibles have to be put back in school and we want a new normal. We don't uh, we don't honor marriage between a man and a woman anymore. Shows begin to come out showing the new normal full of confusion and perversion and every ungodly thing So people in general have rejected God's plan. They rejected God's plan. Thinking that they were rejecting a man, they rejected God's intervention and his plan to redeem, to restore, to rebuild. America. So the last few weeks, I have not been watching that much 
news coverage. I've gotten, gotten bits and pieces here and there because I felt like I needed to, to stay focused on the things that God has been having us to share. I never want to do a show just for the sake of doing a show. I never want to post things or say things just to have something to say or do. And I begin to, excuse me, wrestle with the weight of some of these things. And I waited on the Lord for insight. Lord, is this your doing? Is it the enemy's doing? I'm starting to get confused. Um, what is the outcome going to be? What should we expect for the future? Things were moving in the right direction. Things were moving in the right direction. The economy was being restored. Unemployment rates were going down. Uh, people were talking about uh, and 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 life, like I said, life being valuable. There was an outcry for the protection of life that we haven't seen in years. Roe v. Wade is on the verge of being overturned. We're moving in the right direction. Then the pandemic hit. Then and now the riots and the occur the the incident that uh, flamed the riots. Uh, of course, to 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 witness someone being murdered. I don't care if they are black, white, Indian, Hispanic. Um, I don't care what color they are. God is the one who said that murder is a sin and that we should not kill. But because of history and people's outrage and their own personal wounds, they have taken it to the streets, and now it has just morphed into issues and uh, allegations of socialist groups being behind it and causing it and stirring the pot, using people's emotions to destroy even further what the pandemic hasn't destroyed. So today... I was talking to Chris about it, and this is what dropped in my spirit. More revelation, more understanding. And I was reminded that these things were already forecasted. The warnings have gone forth over and over and over, and that we had a choice in the matter. We had a choice in the matter. COVID-19 was hatched from the pits of hell to do exactly what it's doing. The defense to this attack was, number one, for us not to fear. That was the first response that we were supposed to have, was not to fear. Secondly, the response 
was supposed to be that the church would stand strong and resist the plans of the enemy. The church needed to fast and pray and repent, turn from their ways, rededicate and engage God for real, Clean up the house of God. It used to be that people, when things would go wrong in the church, when the enemy would come in and cause problems in the church, the, the leaders had enough sense to know that, you know what, we better get on our faces and we better fast and we better ask God to help us. To help us reveal, reveal the source of this evil, reveal the, why this is happening to us. But our leaders in 2020 all complied with the satanic agenda without calling for fast, without calling for the church to fast, without going into sackcloth and ashes and asking God for revelation. And they even cried out against those that said, do not fear. They even cried out like those in Jeremiah's day and said this is ordained by God because it's we're supposed to obey the laws of the land <laughs> knowing or should have known that these agendas came from an evil satanic source and when People like us and others began to stand up and say, no, God is saying no, God is saying no. You may not be able to open your church again if you do this. Oh, we don't need the church building anymore. We we are the church. That's always been true. Why wasn't it true for them 10 years ago? Six months ago, why wasn't it true then? If we don't need the building, why was your building ever there? Why did you ever erect these huge, monumental, um, mega churches if the building was never needed? If the organized structure of the church and the the light that we're supposed to be for the rest of the world was never needed in a collective, unified way. What was the need for all these huge, monumental mega churches? It became less significant now because we have to keep our 501c3 status. And we have to protect our own lives. And we're afraid. And we don't want anything to happen to us. When our forefathers and the apostles were discerning and powerful and on pain of death continued to meet in each other's homes, these shutdowns declared that we could not even meet in our own homes. And our church leaders said that was okay. So, the warnings were ignored. The churches across the nation said, we are fine. 
and our programs are fine and sin being in the church is okay and pastors sleeping around and ministry uh, leaders sleeping around and musicians sleeping around and being full of the world and secular things is fine because our churches are big and fat and we're happy. We're okay. And even when COVID-19 hit, they still said, it's okay. We'll just Change the, our form and make sure you continue to send us the money, though, so we can keep our buildings open, our buildings that are not needed right now, but we want to be able to return and go back to them if and when this pandemic settles down, even if it's next year, even if it's a year from now. Help me understand. Somebody help me understand Well, there is no understanding because where there is confusion, there is every evil work. Churches across the nation submitted to satanically inspired authority, people that had their own agenda and their own desire to see this nation in the state that it is in right now. And because of that, the church, in the organized sense, lost spiritual ground to the enemy. I've said that before, and I'm saying it again. Oh, that my head were waters. And that my eyes are a fountain of tears. And that I might weep day and night for the slain daughters of my people. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, and any major bookstore. Overcoming Sexual Abuse. Abuse. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. 
Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right, people. I am going to give my husband an opportunity to chime in before we land this plane. Hubby, you there? I'm here. All right. Um, well, while listening in the background to the program, or while listening to the program, I was watching the, the, um, the news, the live news with the uh, protest and stuff, and um, the president had come out of the White House on foot and all of his um, cabinet members, and they walked to uh, a church that's like across the street from the White House, a big yellow church on the corner. Mm. And um, I was listening to the radio show, so I wasn't able to um, hear him speak, but he he held up a Bible and he addressed the camera. Mm. And from from what I was reading is that he was saying that this country was built on this foundation mm. and that we're going to get America back to, to its foundation, what it was built on. Wow. And um, it's um, for him to do that in the middle of a um, protest is significant. It's telling the enemy mm. that we are we, we're not going to back down. We are going to make a stand. Mm-hmm. And with God's help, with God's help, we're going to do what we are supposed to do. Mm, praise God. And, um, and as as a Christian, I'm not saying I'm pro Donald Trump or anything. I'm just saying as a Christian, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to make a stand in a in a in a dark time. We're supposed to be a light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be that lighthouse. Uh, for ships that have lost their way. Mm. So we can draw mm-hmm. all men unto him. So um, I just found that I had to hit record because I'll watch it after the show. Mm-hmm. But I found it as I found it as significant um, for, for what we're going through. Amen. 
I I find it amazing because this has happened before that while I'm on the air addressing something, and I basically said that earlier in the show that this is what our nation was founded on, yada yada, and then I go to the break and you tell me that this is unfolding. And it's being declared as we're declaring it, that this is what is supposed to be. This is what we were created for, what this nation, that's significant to me. Because I had no idea he was going to do that. That's probably the church where that was burned down. Um, last night, I think it was called St. Saint, uh, Saint John's, some, uh, I believe it, it was St. John's. It was. Okay. It was the nurse. It, it wasn't burnt down, but it was the nursery inside. They got in and and did did some damage, but the church is is there. Uh, oh, okay. Boarded up. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. I saw that his press secretary had came out, and someone was asking her about some of the rioting and the uh, being in the church being burnt, and um, she was. She was responding about that church's history and the stands that they have made in the in its in their foundation in their inception, and how they're even now staying the same thing, which is that we are here and we are open and we are going to remain available to the hurting to the lost to the to those in need. So they even made a stand, she said, in the midst of all this. And so I praise God for that. I, I, I praise God for that. And I thank you for, for sharing that with us. Do you have anything else um, before we? Um, I just noticed that to, to get his attention, you know, they would, they would try to, one, Attack a church, and two, the church is across the street from the White House to get mm-hmm. his attention, to draw him out, kind of. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the enemy that will go after a house of God, mm-hmm. you know, a house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what, how much protesting you're doing, you don't touch God's house. That's what the Klan was doing. Mm-hmm. They would burn up churches, and and those. God takes that personal. Yes. If that's his house of worship, then you, you, that, that's a refuge, you know. Mm-hmm. That's where, the, that's where the women and children would go during times of war and they, and, and they were safe. Right. Un- unless that enemy was truly wicked. Mm-hmm. To go in a church and, 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 you know, rape and pillage and burn up. So, it's just it's telling it's telling what spirit that we're facing that we're dealing with mm-hmm. yes yes and um i i was thinking um earlier i was talking to our daughter about some of this because she's been calling me about and and troubled about it and as you know we've been getting calls from other people that are troubled about it and the lord reminded me of this too he says um i've often he he reminded me that I've often told people when we are counseling them during counseling, uh, and this is something that I learned when I was in counseling myself many, 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 many years ago, that 
when you begin to address the issues in the situation, like if it's a marriage or if it's some other type of situation that people are dealing with, when you begin to actually address the issues, it seems like sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. It seems like the counseling is causing things to just explode and for things to get worse and more volatile. When in reality, you're actually digging into and getting to the bottom of the mess that's always been there, that was there, that brought you to this point of crisis. You know, people often avoid it. They often deny it. They often um, <clears throat> suppress it. Um, but when you start digging into the sore, when you lance that sore, when you open it up, the toxins and the pus are going to come out. And that is when the healing can actually begin. It's not until, it, it, until it's addressed. So I say that this attack and these attacks, the enemy meant for evil, but God is going to use for our advantage to deal with the sin and the, the, the putrid, foul stench of the sin that has been festering and brewing and been allowed to grow in this nation. And once that is dealt with, which is what is happening, this is this the stand that we are making, the stand that some believers are making, the stand that the president is making is causing a disruption, a major disruption. And the spiritual atmosphere in Satan's kingdom and even in the natural. But once it is all dealt with, glory to God. This country will be restored. It'll be restored to her original place. That was the promise that God gave the children of Israel through Jeremiah. He told them that they may not, they, they, they might be in slavery. So there may be some consequences that we might have to deal with as a nation. Because of it, we may not be considered um, the the world power anymore. I don't know that part. We but there may be some consequences because of it. But we will be restored and we will be whole and we will be used to continue to be that light and that lamp and that torch to the rest of the world. So I say to ministers alike to people in general, to our government officials, uh, if this applies to you, repent. Repent of your own arrogance. Repent of your own self-will and your self-motivation. Realize that we need God, that you need God. Turn to God. And he will heal the land. The nation as a people needs to 
go into fasting, into sackcloth, and into ashes, into weeping, into mourning. Not just over the sin of what is being classified as racism. That is one sin amongst many sins. How can we gag at a gnat and swallow a camel? How can people be so offended about racism, but they're not offended to the same degree about God's churches being shut down? They're not offended to the same degree about um, gay pride and gay uh, parades, you know, going down the, the, the main streets of cities. There was no looting and burning and destroying of buildings when these things began to flourish. It's hypocrisy. And if we want to see change, if we want to see restoration, we are calling the nation to repent. And I am yet believing that we are going to see God's power out of this storm. Arise, O Lord, and demonstrate your power. Any final thoughts, my husband? Oh, no. I'm good. (laughs) Looks like we're out of time anyway. Sorry about that. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, God is on the throne. Bye.